Welcome to the Nolan and Company Sports Podcast. This is September 11th, 2019. Uh, I am here with the Mason Pruitt right now. Uh, obviously, before we get the show started, I'd like to uh, give a little bit of a tribute. As I mentioned before, uh, this is the 18th anniversary of September 11th. Uh, obviously, a very tragic day in United States history as well as the history of the world. Uh, we would like to, as a part of this podcast, we'd like to reach out and say thank you to all the first responders who are alive from that day and to all the victims of that and their families who are still suffering from that terrible loss. Um, we say this very often, and it might sound cliche from time to time, but it is truly important that we never forget uh, the lives that were lost that day as well as the sacrifices that many people, uh, many of those first responders and many citizens made as well as the veterans who keep us safe around the world. Um, it is very much important to all of us here at the podcast that uh, we remember those people and honor those people in the way and that uh, a liberty will triumph over tyranny in the end as uh, we saw uh, tr terrible evil on 9-11. But uh, we would like to, again, thank all of those and uh, pray for all of those who lost people on 9-11 um, before we get into the show. But um, I know that was a little bit of a solemn intro, but we had to do it. Um, but anyway, so this is uh, now Wednesday, September the 11th, 2019. Now getting into the show. I am the real Blake T. Martin. T standing for, I guess, let's do um, testosterone. Super duper masculine today. Super masculine, all right. And then Mason Pruitt, who can do it but Mason Pruitt is sitting to my left, of course. Uh, we have a good show for you today. A lot of important topics coming up here over the next week, as well as a few topics that happened this past week that we would like to discuss. A lot of stuff in the sports news media. But uh, let's give you a rundown of the show today. Uh, we are going to recap our game from last week uh, that we had, or that Mason attended, uh, Blum and Jonesboro. Uh, as well as we will be previewing the game that we'll be attending this week, which is a big one, Huntsville at College Station. Uh, after that, we will have Nolan's Quick Hits, a few opinions that Nolan will have from his trips up in DFW, a recap of Week 2 of college football, uh, as well as a preview of Week 3, the National Football League, the MLB, and Martin's Minute. So a little bit of a short show uh, today. I'm a little bit cut for time. We're a little mm -hmm. bit uh, cut for time, but a lot of stuff that we can get into this. Um, so, without further ado, Mason, you took a little trip up north to Jonesboro. Would you like to recap that for us? I did. I, I will. And before I get into that, I will say it's good to have you back on the show. Absolutely. I missed you last week. We can actually talk baseball and have more. Definitely. Definitely. I was a little bit busy, but we finally got we, the show we in got, this week. We, we're doing it today, so that's good. For Blum at Jonesboro, you know, it was six-man football. It was my very first six-man game that I've ever attended, and I, I am very entertained. I was very entertained by the game. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Uh, Six-man football, for those of you who have not uh, watched it, uh, you might have seen it. We've talked about it on the show, at least Nolan and I have talked mm -hmm. about it on the show some. Uh, Six-man is really interesting because it is a very offensive-minded game. Yeah. There's not, and the funniest thing about it is there's not the greatest fundamentals. I mean, you do have some great athletes in it because you mm -hmm. have to be that quick. But at the same time, you see in a lot of these smaller towns, you're not going to have, obviously, the same fundamentals as you would with an Allen or wherever. But it's still highly entertaining football, and there have to, has to be some great football players to play it, especially when, you have, uh, when you're competing on that level. Yeah, it was very—to me, it's much faster— yeah, than eleven man football because there's no breaks in between. It's only like ten minute halftime, so like you got to be ready to play. Mm -hmm. And going into it, I was expecting it to be a shootout because Blum the previous week scored, I believe, thirty eight points, and yeah. Jonesboro scored fifty eight. So I was expecting you know offensive mm -hmm. showdown, but yeah. there was only twenty six combined points combined in this game. Yeah, with Jonesboro getting the win twenty to six, and that Jonesboro defense is tough. Yeah, very tough. And, and that's one key key thing. We always talk about offense in six man football, but if you can actually shut people down in six man, that's really important. So, for instance, Strawn in last year's state championship game, they forty five them by halftime. The mm -hmm. defense on that was completely solid. And if you have a good defense in six man, you're going to be doing just fine because so many, uh, so mm -hmm. many times a lot of these coaches will put emphasis on the offensive aspect, which no doubt is very important, especially in a six-man game, but at the same time might neglect their defensive capabilities. 
Um, I think it's really important when you have that. And for those of you who don't know when Blake meant by 45 and six man, if one team is winning by 45 points in the second half, the game is over. Should have clarified that. My bad. Yeah. But anyways, no, it, that that really is impressive. I mean, when we're looking at teams, uh, you know, in six man, you know, it, it's good to have that sort of defense. But it's mm-hmm. really, really, from what I've seen, very impressive. Very, very impressive. Blum scored one touchdown in the first quarter, didn't get the extra point, but from there on, the Jonesboro defense didn't give up anything. Yeah. Had two goal line stands inside the five-yard line, which was phenomenal. And linebacker Wade Foote, he really impressed me. He had over 15 tackles in the game. Oh, wow. Well, that's very, very, very impressive. Um, Anyways, but moving on from that, what what are your biggest takeaways from six-man? Do you have any... uh, any big, um, big, uh, sorry, what am I trying to say? Any other teams that might stick out to you besides that or any ones that you've looked at besides uh, Blum and Jonesboro? Not really because this was my first time covering high, six-man yeah. high school football. I don't have the full rundown as in 11-man. Mm-hmm. I think Caldwell has a very good chance. Uh, Calvert, I'm sorry, Calvert. Yeah. That's what I meant to say. Calvert is always a good six-man program. I wouldn't Strong be surprised. Looked, if Strong they... looked at like mm-hmm. it was going to be good, but they didn't have the best showing uh, this past uh, two weeks ago. Uh, so that definitely is a surprising thing. Calvert. I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Cal- Caldwell off of Highway 6, a little, Cal- yeah. little up north, would make a run for the state yeah. championship come December. But from last week, we have an even bigger matchup this week, which I will be joining you for, which is Huntsville versus College Station High School. This is bound to be something that's going to be good. And Mason, if you could take it away on this. Very good. You know, we got Huntsville, who made a deep run in the playoffs last year. Yeah. Lost to Fort Ben Marshall, who went on to go to the 5A D2 state championship. So we know that they got talent over there. And then College Station, you know, I got to say it. Two years ago. Two years ago, they won the state championship my senior year. And last year, year, they beat Mesquite Poteet. I was at that game. Me and Nolan were. Yes, they did. And they lost to Highland Park. Yes. Eventually, they, they moved up to five. They moved up to five A D one this past year, so and they, and they need, lost. Needless to say, both of these teams are very hungry for state championships, Big time. and they have the capability to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, a few things that stuck out for me from College Station was a lot of these uh, were a lot of the offensive players that they had. Granted, it was a close game between them and Mesquite Poteet, but honestly, when we're looking at it, College Station pushed through last year in that first round of the playoffs. They did. Uh, to, you know, have a win over Mesquite Poteet. I, the thing that concerns me about College Station is the quarterback play because they lost Marquez Perez when mm-hmm. they won the state championship and then Brandon Williams, the successor to Mar- Marquez Perez, he graduated. Yeah. And so they're going with the 2022 kid. So a sophomore right now is yeah. a starting quarterback. That's a little concerning for me, underclassmen. They haven't had that at College Station for a while. But you know Steve Huff is yes. going to get the boys ready to play against Huntsville, a team very big and very fast. Yeah. I mean, that that's always an issue when you have it. A younger quarterback with a lot less experience. But at the same time, you do have a lot of them, if they're sitting behind those guys um, who do have experience, just even for a year, they can learn a lot from them. So mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see how College Station comes out. Um, Huntsville, though, who who are you picking for this game? Who do you think has a great shot at this? I, I hate saying this, being a former student, but I got to go with Huntsville in the game because I think they got more speed and I think they got more talent in general. We said last year they they they, lost they gave game. Fort Ben Marshall all they could handle. Yeah. They should have won the game. And, and putting it like this, I mean, even though Fort Ben Marshall did not have an impressive show, mm-hmm. uh, impressive showing in the state championship versus Alito. Throughout the rest of the playoffs, up until that state championship game, Fort Ben Marshall was looking like a real contender. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if Huntsville, you know, can potentially have the same sort of momentum that they did coming out of last year, I think this is going to be an interesting series to look at. I think it will be. In College Station, didn't really look impressive week one. They lost to, I believe, Richmond Foster, fifty-two to fourteen. Yeah, that's so, a rough, rough. So, week. I think Huntsville is going to give them all they could handle. Being at home will help College Station because, like I said, I was a student there before. I know the home field advantage yes. that we have. But at the same that, time, that College Hunts- Station has. Huntsville is not that far away. For people who might mm-hmm. not know uh, geography of Texas, College Station is like only about an hour away from Huntsville, if that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, 
both of these teams are going to be in close proximity to each other. Yes, there's no doubt College Station does have a home field advantage, but we'll see if Huntsville brings out a crowd as well. Because, I mean, to a certain degree, you got to play a football game, whether or not people can win on the road, people win at home all the time. That, you know, at the end, you're still playing football, but it does help to have that crowd backing you a lot of times, and it does give you momentum in certain occasions. It does, it does. It, it should be a very good game. I'm excited yeah. We're, to go from we covered Longview, Lufkin, week one, and that's kind of what the same thing we're going into then at 5A, yeah. you know, big games like that. But anyway, now it is time to get into Nolan's Quick Hits, episode three. So basically what we just did, this is what... Nolan is doing. It's a way for him to get back on the show. Yeah, most of the games that Nolan's covering, in fact, pretty much all of them, are in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Uh, he gave me a rundown before uh, the show a little bit. Uh, we were talking about what games he was going to go to. Apparently, he's probably going to go to the Grapevine game tomorrow. Um, I forget who he was covering on Saturday, but he he he's going to be pretty busy throughout it. Uh, Thursday, Friday. And he's, Saturday, covering, he's, he's covering. He's covering multiple games. He's this covering weekend. multiple games as he did last week. Um, a little bit, if you haven't watched, uh, kept up on his articles, go to nolancosports.com. Uh, a lot of them have been posted by Nolan. Uh, last week he was at the Cotton Bowl. Little, little envy. Yeah, a little envy of that. He, he, um, he has a way that, of that is, that is places. a dream of mine. I have never been to the Cotton Bowl. You have not been, really? Never been to the Cotton Bowl. Have you been to the State Fair? Yes. Okay, well, I mean. Yes, I've been to the State get Fair. A my mom to- and I, my mom took... Um, Morgan and I every year to the State Fair. That's, okay. a little, that's a little shout out to my mom right there. I love you. Okay, there you go. But um, absolutely. But uh, no one will get into his quick hits here in a minute. But um, again, we'll be covering stuff here in College Station. No one will be covering things in DFW. But uh, before we go, uh, here is Nolan's quick hits. Hey, Nolan Company sports fans, this is Nolan Earth, and you're listening to the new segment, Nolan's Texas High School Football Quick Hits, where I'll be talking about some of the biggest headlines from around the Texas high school football world. We had a big coverage week during week two, where we saw a total of six games from all across the DFW Metroplex and in Central Texas. Mason already told you about his game, so I'll just go ahead and start off with where I was last week. Thursday night, I traveled to Arlington to watch the Martin Warriors take on the Hebron Hawks. And if you remember from week one, the Warriors pulled off an amazing upset of the third-ranked Lake Travis Cavaliers. Questions surrounded Martin wondering if they were for real, and I can tell you that they definitely are. Despite some major holes in the offense, the defense of the Warriors overmatched the Hebron offense without a doubt. The biggest stat that speaks to this is the fact that Martin's offense had negative 28 yards of total offense in the first half, and yet they still led 24 to nothing. The defense accounted for 14 of those points, while the special teams accounted for 10. The Hawk defense held the Warriors in check, but just could not move the ball with their offensive unit as the Warriors went on to win 33-14. Friday and Saturday, I went to the heart of Dallas in the Cotton Bowl for four matchups, two of which were as good as expected, the other two about as awkward as expected. Euless Trinity won a very defensive game against Saxe 21-19, followed by Lake Highlands defeating Plano East in a less than impressive display of offense from either side final score of 17 to 7. Saturday was the Denton Geyer Wildcats over the Cedar Hill Longhorns, an absolute barn burner of a game as the Wildcats won on a last minute touchdown by running back Kedrick Cobbs to beat the Longhorns 40 to 36. Arlington Bowie rounded out the week with a 40 to 20 win over Mansfield in which the Volunteers ended up running away with it in the second half. The key takeaway from this week overall is the fact that the Geyer Wildcats are 2-0 scoring exactly 100 points when just a year ago, at this exact point, they were 0-2, scoring exactly zero. Now let's take a look to this week, where I'll be traveling to Grapevine on Thursday night to watch the Mustangs take on the Justin Northwest Texans. The Mustangs are coming off a bad loss last week to Abilene Cooper, who put up 42 points on Mike Alexander's young squad. Quarterback Austin Alexander will be looking to stretch the field with his uncanny scrambling ability against the Texans defense that is home to a great linebacker prospect in Cooper McDonald. Grapevine is the favorite in this one, but they could be in trouble if McDonald and the Northwest defense can find a way to shut down the Mustang running game. Friday night, I'll be headed back to Dallas as the top-ranked Highland Park Scots will try to keep their win streak going with a win over third-ranked Frisco Lone Star Rangers. The Scots will rally behind the play of quarterback Chandler Morris. Does that last name sound familiar? Well, it should, because Morris is the son of former SMU head coach and current Arkansas head coach Chad Morris. 
Despite losing a few weapons from last year's squad that 3 p to the state champions, the Scots' offense appears to be as good as ever, totaling 118 points in their last two games. However, defensive questions could haunt Highland Park as they go up against a Lone Star offense that's put up an even 130. We could have an offensive foot race in this one, and it should be fun to watch. But those aren't just the only big games around the state. Some other big games include the game between Colleyville Heritage and the Trinity Trojans. Heritage lost 50-9 to South Lake Carroll last week and is looking to prove that they can, in fact, compete with the best in the state. Galena Park North Shore will host Spring Westfield in a game that can help North Shore bounce back from the Katy loss two weeks ago. Midlothian Heritage travels to State Rake Decatur to try to get the monkey off their backs about the loss to Kennedy last week. In 5A Division II, number 9, Burleson Centennial will travel to number 1 Alito and try to run their triple option offense to an upset victory against the Bearcats, who are trying to maintain their dominance in 5A Division II. West Orange Stark out of 4A Division II will travel to East Texas to play the Newton Eagles out of 3A Division I, who will look to continue their win streak over a Stark team that has something to prove after being knocked off and kept off their throne. That'll do it for this installment of Nolan's Texas High School Football Quick Hits. Be sure to follow me on Twitter, at RealNolanRoot, for more high school football coverage and updates from around the state. I'll see you guys next week. Hi, welcome back to the Nolan Company Sports Podcast. We just got done wrapping up high school football, the game that we will be going to this weekend, Huntsville at College Station, and then we heard from Nolan what he's going to be doing. And so now we're going to jump from high school football to college football week two. And got a bit of a special early Martin's Minute because I feel like a rage is coming. Do you want to get into the LSU-Texas Should we do LSU-Texas game first? I feel like that one's more substance. I actually was impressed by Texas, despite I, I what anyone says. I was very impressed. In Sam they, Ellinger. Know, they scored on every. I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, no, they scored fine. on every drive in the second. I half. was I was very very nervous about that, um, but no, dude. I don't want to say this. I really don't. But I have a feeling Texas was coming back. I do. I I, mean, I have I have no problem saying that. Yeah, because I, I, it, I, it, it it depends on what you define as back. Some people are defining back as like, oh, national championship. That's where they should be. Okay, if you're saying that, that... I don't think no, so. But no, but Texas, Texas... Is back. Is back. Is back, yeah. They're back. They, they are one of the most... They're becoming one of the most premier teams in the country. Again. They were really, they were really good last year. Although, that, I, I don't, I although I don't like him as a person, I think Tom Herman is a Tom Herman's good. He's a great coach. coach. They got... You saw it at Houston. He yeah. always upset teams. They, he, they got the best person that they could get honestly mm-hmm. you know him being as alma mater um and then like not that charlie strong wasn't a good coach not that a few of those guys who came through weren't good coaches it's just he fits in so well to that school yeah. i feel like nobody since mac brown has really had that sort of kind of um and you can say that for the quarterback yeah to sam ellinger who i have the utmost respect for yeah uh for those of you who don't know his his life story sam ellinger grew up Lost his dad when I think seven yeah. years seven yeah, years old. He was really young. Had to become the man of the house at such such a young age, and now he's starting quarterback for Texas, which was his dream school because he grew up and went to Austin Westlake, so he was always around Texas football. Yeah. So I have major respect for the kid, and I think he's great. Yeah. People say, "Oh, he shouldn't be in the Heisman contention." No, I mean he he, he is. To he me. he is in the Heisman contention. It's a matter of whether he can win against other schools besides LSU. He's got to have his win Heisman against moment. Oklahoma again. Yeah. and maybe win a Big 12 championship, then he'll definitely be in the conversation then. But it's gonna, he's, he's going to have a problem with Jalen Hurts and like, you know, in Oklahoma, and mm-hmm. that's going to be a big their, issue. Their offense looks. Yeah, I mean, you've had... Maybe two, they have three straight You might Heisman have three winners. straight Heisman Trophy winners with him. So, I mean, that's going to be a big issue looking at him. But LSU, who's quarterback for them? I forget. Joe, Joey Burrow. Joe, Joey Burrow? Joe Burrow. Joe, Joe Burrow. Burrow. When you're talking about quarterbacks in the SEC, he really impressed me. Joe Burrow impressed it, me a lot. Three for, they had three a hundred yard receivers I in mean, the game. He took and they over threw for, that game. I think he threw for four ninety. I know. Yeah. So no. If I'm not mistaken, there, he, was, he was he was near five hundred yards. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that was an extremely impressive sh- showing. I mean, Ellinger was good, but oh, good lord! I, mean, I think I think you have to say. If you're just looking at these two, the first two games of the season, yeah. Burrow is the best quarterback in the SEC. Burrow is the best quarterback in the SEC by far. I mean, Tua didn't impress me that much. 
Mond, as you uh, were about okay, to get we're about into. to get into Kellen Mond. And then, I mean, from, from Georgia, no, from it's, it's got to be Burrow. Burrow. And I think the yeah. one guy who's helping that a lot is Joe Brady. For those who don't know, Joe Brady was mm-hmm. an assistant for the New Orleans Saints for years. So he's learned under Sean Payton's system, came into LSU, and just took over this offense. He's yeah. not the offense. He's a passing game coordinator for LSU. And he's finally given fans what they've won. They've used to being less miles. Oh, let's be conservative. Let's run the yeah. ball. They're spreading it out. We see four receivers. Yeah. Athletic. They've always had the athletes. They, have, they yeah. just wouldn't use them. They had Odell. They had Jarvis Landry on the same team in college. Yeah. They just wouldn't use them properly. LSU has been, like, they talk about DBU. They've been wide receiver U. I mean, like, when you look at the people who've come out of LSU, mm-hmm. I mean, it is very impressive. I mean, just at least in the early 2000s when you had a 2010s with Odell and mm-hmm. Jarvis. I mean, that... That that in itself speaks a lot about the university, but I mean, I I I hate to say it right now because we don't teams haven't really shaped out as much as we know yet. I mean, Alabama is looking as good as they usually do. Um, mm-hmm. You have A and M, which can make a comeback. I'm not counting them out yet. You know, you're against. Oh, you're just going SEC teams, like SEC, SEC West, teams. yeah. Oh. I mean, A and M played number one. Okay, mm-hmm. on the road, they didn't have the best showing, but still, We're, we'll get into we'll that. get into that. But uh, you know, it, it it depends on how well Texas does, and looking how LSU plays throughout the rest of the year, I could say from this showing, they might be SEC champions, or they LSU? can give they, I, they can give Alabama and A and M. I I am in no disagreement right yeah. there. They 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 look like they could be the best two way team in yeah. the country behind Clemson. Yeah. So I mean that that's going to be a big they've, issue. They've never had an offense like this. No, I, I've, no. I've watched LSU football. I remember. For over a I remember. Decade. I remember they've back in two thousand twelve or two thousand eleven when they went and played Alabama in the national championship. And they scored. And, yeah, yeah, they got blamed. They got, yeah, no, it's it's no it's nowhere close. Everybody thought that team was going to be the next team like mm-hmm. LSU that they were going to win a national championship, but no, it was. They I mean, they still got the defense. They still yeah. got Delpit in the backfield. Yeah. What? Who's the real DBU? Because you know that was the big thing. It's it's LSU. It's LSU. It's LSU. I As, mean, Texas has a lot of good DBs that come out of it, but I mean, and they haven't had a DB drafted in no. like the first five rounds since like Kenny Vaccaro, yeah. I think. It's been a while. So so I mean, Texas maybe not a good idea to wear. We are the true DBU I, shirts the, because Joey Burrow okay. just torched y'all for the reason why Texas is hated so much is because they've always been cocky, like. Mm-hmm. You know, there are teams like Alabama, and people hate Alabama, but people don't hate Alabama as much as Texas, because Texas has always been flashy and, like, in your face and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But, here okay. we get down here, to the here real is a, Here is an early Martin's Minute. It's not the official Martin's Minute, uh, but uh, there is a rant coming. Okay. Because we watched the A&M Clemson which game together. Which was torture. Which, I think I would rather have been waterboarded than go through that. I'm going to oh let Blake. I'm going to let Blake take it over. Here, okay. Let me ask the question. How did Kellen Mond perform? Kellen Mond, oh my gosh. Oh my god. Okay, so I know we talked about this. I made a promise to you, which it looks like I might win. I said if he went if he either beats Alabama or Clemson, he's the best quarterback since Johnny Manziel. Well, one's down. We have another to go. But I think Kellen Mond is by far the most inconsistent quarterback in the all of the SEC. He might not be as bad as like let's say the bottom of the pack, like Vanderbilt or Kentucky, but they're just consistently bad. The problem with Kellen Mond is Kellen Mond will have a really good game. He'll have an LSU game. He'll have that Clemson game Clemson from game last, last year. year. But then he'll lose to like Lamar. I swear he's gonna like throw. If we lose like, to Lamar, come wait, on, wait, wait, it's gonna be bad. But you get my point. He'll come at. He will come out like a gangbuster one game, and then the next game he's throwing ten feet over people's heads. He's always had a tendency to throw high. I, I, agree. I would hate. I, agree. I would hate to be Rodgers or any of his receivers because their rib cage must be frail by this time. It just be must be shredded to death because he throws it high and they just get whack, whack, whack. I mean, there are th- balls you throw high. On a fade route, you throw high. You do not throw high on a slant or an in route or any of those routes. He throws it super high. And what happens? It either gets picked off or it gets, or his receiver drops it because they get completely destroyed. And I mean... 
you know, it, I wish I don't know. I'm not going to say you throw Calzada in there. I don't. I'm not going to say there, that. There is no way you're not going to Jimbo throw Fisher. Is He's even not going to throw Calzada in there. But I'm saying if it ever gets bad enough, I would maybe start giving that kid more reps. Because okay. I mean, right. can I get my turn on Kellen yeah, Mond? Yeah, go ahead. All right, here's Blake and I have very different opinions on yes. Kellen Mond. Yes, if my do. if Dad, you are listening, you've witnessed it because we gave you a phone call about <laughs> it. But here's my thing, Kellen Mond. You you say getting benched and stuff like that. If you recall, let let's just go at the end of the 2017 season. Okay. What what is the tendency for quarterbacks right now to do if they're not going to get the starting job? They transfer. Yeah. Right. What yeah. What did he do at A and M when Kevin Sumlin got fired and Jimbo Fisher? He came stayed in? there. He worked his butt off and he won the I, starting I, job. I'm not saying that he's not it, a good. He is you know. the hardest worker. Jimbo Fisher always praises his work ethic. He's the first one on the field, last one off the field. And yes, I'm I'm not saying oh that's an excuse for the overthrows. Yeah. Here's my thing. It's situations like the Ole Miss game in 2018 when he had a fumble. And he had a fumble, which was returned for a touchdown when we were inside the five-yard line. And then he threw a pick, and everyone was screaming to bench him. What did he do after that? He led the team to two touchdown drives to get the win. To me, I don't know if you're going to agree with this. He's got the it factor to me. Okay, but it, the, the problem the, with it is is that it factor is only around occasionally. It's occasional. I it would agree. He, he is un- inconsistent. I can't, ba- I can't say he's consistent yeah. because you got the Mississippi State game last year. You got the fourth quarter in Auburn. Yeah. Last year when we lo- when we choked the game, obviously mm-hmm. you got Clemson, so he is in- inconsistent. But you know my opinion. I think he's the third best quarterback in the SEC. Behind, wait, I'm gonna say now fourth. fourth. Now he's the fourth. Now. He, he's not. Really showed yeah. him up. He is the fourth now. Third, third best in the West. But uh, he did not have. Uh, obviously, uh, he didn't have that good of a okay, game. Okay, so um, here's what I'm saying. I'm not gonna be like ah, I told you so. He sucks. But at the same time, here, here's what I've always thought. Yes, he might have that it factor. It's occasional. People talk about it, and I'm not for just benching somebody. I, I don't think like in the middle, you're just like, oh, he just threw, like, let's throw him on the bench. No. But what I'm saying is that, like, okay, for instance, let's bring up Tony Romo. Tony Romo, everybody you always got to bring up always, Tony Romo. Yeah, I know. Everybody hated I like on it. Him. I like it. But the thing about Romo is everyone was like, oh, he's like, Romo always produced for the Cowboys when it came to that. He might have had some boneheaded decisions, but at the same time, he was always consistent for him. The only reason the Cowboys were in the run for the postseason most of those times, at least throughout the mid-2000s and then the early 2010s, was because Romo carried him there. Because he had no offensive line, because he had none of that. He was always consistent in his play. The same thing with like Brett Favre, who may have had some dumb decisions, who might have thrown in a triple coverage, but Brett Favre had that it factor consistently. The same thing with Romo, the same thing with that. Kellen Mond might have that it factor sometimes, but he's not accurate. And he's not consistent. And if you're not consistent, you, I will give him boneheaded decisions. I will give him things where he might throw an interception into triple coverage. He's trying to make a play. I understand that, okay? But what I don't understand is when you're inconsistent, you throw the ball over people's head, you, you might come out a game one day, and then the next game you just come out and don't show mm-hmm. up at all. I mean, that Clemson game... You know, at first it started looking optimistic because we were holding them for the first quarter. Yeah, we had that yeah. long drive in the first quarter. But 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 then, you know, you kick the field goal. They didn't show up at all. The defense yeah. was good, okay? And I'm not saying it's all on Kellen Mond because I think too many times people say you know, with a quarterback, they'll say mm-hmm. they'll give him either too much credit or too, or yeah. too little credit. I totally credit. agree. And I don't think it all lands on there, him. I think a lot of it lands on him. There were a lot of drop passes. Yeah. By but the receiver. There were seven, lot, yeah. seven total drop passes. And, in and, and I think A&M, the problem with it is, is you have all that and then you have Corbin get hurt. Yeah, Cor- And that's a big deal. Yeah, speaking of like Kellen Mond, he's going to have to step his game up yeah. because you got a true freshman running yeah. back starting now yeah. at A&M so the, in the SEC. He's going to have to... He is... Th- this is... This is worst case scenario for A and M at this point. I, I, I'm not saying the season is lost because it's one game. It's Clemson. Okay, they can come out. They can whoop up on Lamar. I have no doubt they will. Um, I would. I would sure hope so. I would. I would. I would, sure I would be very so. concerned if they, we don't okay. whoop. If we pull a Michigan and Army where they go to overtime. There no. There are some times back in old Army at A and M mm-hmm. where they 
lot they would beat like Michigan one game and then they'd lose to like Northwestern or State Fran- or something. during the Franchoni years. Yeah, we'd lose to like Arkansas State. Yeah, no, it was it was bad. But like, um, I, I'm ready. I'm ready for the Auburn game. I I'm think ready for that's a determining factor. I think if they beat Auburn. I think they'll have a decent season. Yeah. If the, they I've lose, been saying the Auburn game is going to shape up our entire if, season. If they lose to Auburn, then I'm really worried. It's panic time. Yeah, it's panic And time. I'm not saying, like, no, I don't think this lands on Jimbo Fisher entirely. Um, but, you know, he was elected. I mean, he was not elected. He was brought in to win a national championship. They're not going to fire him. They shouldn't fire him. He should not be even in the conversation. But he's going to have to step it up. Um, well, it takes, it takes a lot of yeah. time to... It I mean, does. Kirby Smart went... Eight and five his first year. Brian Kelly went yeah. eight and five his first year, and now and that's okay. Look at Georgia. Look if, at Notre Dame. If if A and M if A and M goes eight and five this year, it's not. A I, I would loss. I wouldn't be worried. It's if we not. Went a, eight it's and five not a year. lot. It's but it's like if we start losing more than that, it's gonna mm-hmm. be like ah like that because granted you might not have the greatest of talent mm-hmm. sometimes because Jimbo hasn't completely built his team up because mm-hmm. the highest you know. It, it's it's still mainly it's still seventy five percent someone's someone's, team. someone's players. Yeah. So I mean it's not all on him. But at the same time, you're going to have to say, hmm, you know, you, you got to step it up, man. But uh, I, I think... I think this... I didn't mean to interrupt. This 2019... I've been saying this, like, forever. This 2019 season, all I want to see out of A&M... I just want to be student, competitive. I just want to see us fight yeah. and be competitive. And then I have... You can't... There is the expectations for 2020. For me, sky's the limit for yeah. 2020. I, really, I, I do think so. I expect SEC championship champs, at least SEC champs playoff contenders in yeah. twenty twenty. I mean, they they they've got to do something. I mean, let's just put it like this: it's not panic mode. I mean, it's Clemson. You're in Death Valley. Yeah, you lost. Yeah, the stat. Yeah, I interrupted you again. No, the stat okay. I was gonna say: Clemson going into that A and M game mm-hmm. was on an eleven game winning streak by twenty points or more. That includes the ACC, like yeah. championship. That includes the end of season, like South Carolina, mm-hmm. and like and that. That includes the playoff. Yeah. Notre Dame and Alabama. Yeah. So, and we lost by fourteen. Granted, it looked ugly. Yeah. It's one of the ugliest games I've seen him play in a while. Yeah. But I'm trying to look on the bright side. That's what I always do. I mean, we held them to twenty four. Yeah. That, that's they're, not They're bad. probably the best offense in the nation. Yeah. And I we mean, were on the road. They got the future. First overall pick. Yeah. They probably Lawrence have Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, they probably have a first round running back, yeah. best running back in football, Travis Etienne. Yeah. And they got maybe the best receiving core in Justin Ross and T. Higgins. Yeah. And we held them to twenty four on the road. That's pretty good. I mean that that's one thing that gives me hope as a defense, mm-hmm. if anything else. Uh the only thing that just that's what that's why it's disappointing, is you see how well the defense performed. If the offense even stepped up a little bit, yeah, it would have been a Yeah, close that's what game. we said. I think I told you at the end of the game, I was like, if you would have told me Clemson would have scored 24 points in this game, I would have said, like, before the game, I would have said we would have won. Yeah. No, but we... I, just, I expected to score at least 30 the points. The offense just choked, dude. And that's yeah. just the biggest... That's the biggest disappointment about it. But, I mean, I, I'm optimistic. I don't think they'll win against Alabama. I definitely don't think they'll win against LSU at this point. No, nah, no. Nah. Um, after seeing LSU... And at LSU... Death Valley yeah. with what happened last year. No, it's not. If yeah. you're an A&M fan... Do not do go. not do not plan go. go into that game. Do not go to Baton Rouge. You will get if you hurt. Plan on coming out alive. Just don't. Yeah. But um, you know, like you said, I'm optimistic. I, w- I really do think it's. Going I to would be, be very satisfied with an eight and four season. That includes yeah. we beat either Auburn, Georgia, Alabama. We beat one of those definitely, and we don't choke the games like to Mississippi State or to. Oh Miss or Watch Arkansas. it. We're gonna lose to like UTSA, man. That's gonna mm. they watch out for those roadrunners. They're yeah. coming for us. Or Arkansas, or, knock or, on wood. Arkansas. They're due to beat us. Yeah, they are. Because they play us close every they, stinking they, year. The last time we lost to them was L uh, was two thousand eleven. Yeah. So it, it's former quarterback. Hey, yeah. Maybe for Nick Starkle. Everyone Nick who Starkle. said everyone who said Nick Starkle is better than Mond will find out September twenty eighth. Yeah. Actually. Oh god. So but this Saturday oh. should be a pretty comfortable win, but don't look at your next opponent. On the 14th, happy 50th birthday, Dad. We play yeah. Lamar, and then we got a big game against Auburn, start SEC play. But anyway, that's enough of college football. 
You want to let's jump from yeah. Let's go to the let, NFL. let's go to the NFL. This, this was an interesting this is, week. This is I was exciting. optimistic about the Cowboys. Very yeah. optimistic. We're gonna go from disappointment from A and M this weekend yeah. to like, oh my gosh, they, we're we have an offense now. Yeah. In fair, in all, in all fairness, in all fairness, I'm not I'm not going to jump the gun. I'm I'm excited, but I'm not super excited because it was against the Giants let's, at home. Let's with remember a terrible that. defense. Yeah. Yes. So I mean, like, we can't just be like super cocky. However, Zeke being back. Amari being back, Dak doing well, is going to be what was very, very good for the Cowboys. Week one overall was uh, was uh, was an interesting week. Green Bay beat Chicago ten to three. This and what in the most boring NFL yeah, game? Definitely, really didn't produce. You saw Aaron Rodgers. You know, even he wasn't that on fire. But I mean, you know, a uh, hundred years of the NFL. Um, and then you have that, the most classic game. Um, not a bunch of takeaways, but we do have to talk about one person. Antonio Brown. Oh, Antonio Brown. <laughs> let's get into that. Let's get into that after okay. we recap. All right, but anyways, one. Cowboys, uh, you know, Amari scored. I mean, it, it was a really impressive game when we look overall. I, I was four, very impressed. Four touchdown, four touchdown passes, passes to by four, Dak. four different yeah. receivers, one to... Cooper, Cobb, Jarwin, and Witten. So two tight ends yeah. and two receivers. But this Cowboy offense, I don't. I was watching it with Aaron, and, and I was just talking to him. Yeah. And I was like, we have motion in the backfield now? Yeah. And we're throwing the ball on first down? Like, Scott Linehan's playbook was first down, let's run with Zeke. Second down, let's throw a quick slant. And if it's third and short, we'll run with Zeke up the middle, which everyone knows yeah. that you're going to do that. I saw creativeness mm-hmm. in Kellen Moore's first game as a play caller. He freaking threw a pass on the first play of the game, and I was yeah. like, oh, my gosh. We yeah. do that now. Yeah. No, it, it really was a good showing by the Cowboys, and I'm really impressed when it comes to that sort of thing. Um, that being said, you know, it's a long season. I, I don't know how they'll do against Philadelphia. That's going to be the key factor with mm-hmm. Wentz and all those guys and Peterson is I think coach. we play I feel like it's going to be an issue when it comes to that. We play the Redskins this week. So, no, I mean, yeah, we, I know we play the Redskins this week. I'm saying week 7 I believe is our first matchup. Okay. Versus the Eagles. I I at think home. I think the first few weeks are going to be pretty smooth for the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. We got um, we got the Redskins this week and then we play Miami, and yeah. we play Miami. So, okay, I don't know if let's talk about the Ravens and Dolphins. Dolphins look awful. Yeah. With no, the first no. pick in the 2020 NFL draft, yeah. the Miami Dolphins select yeah. whoever because whoever. they're going to have the first pick. Yeah. That's a bold, I'm making a bold prediction right I, now. I think it's probably safe to say Miami is mm-hmm. on track to be the worst. I think, and I think we got to talk about if you remember a few episodes back, Blake made a bold prediction that the Cardinals make the wild card. Not a bad first showing. They yeah. tied, which I hate. There's ties uh, in the I NFL. think tying is actually pretty cool because it doesn't happen all the time, and it's kind of like, oh, we got well, a tie. But, I mean. I was raised in a competitive family. I like winning. I'm not saying that, but I think it's funny. I, but think, they, I think tying is they dumb. They did play Detroit, so, I mean. I was, I was thinking of a rule change. Stafford. If they're not going to change the college overtime, if it's still tied after the 10 minutes, why not do alternating two-point conversions? To see who wins. It's not that big of a deal. It's a regular season. It's there. Dude, there have been ties throughout the history of NFL. Hey. It's not like it's that big of. It's not like college football where you have to have. A I don't like wasting three and a half hours of my life to watch an NFL game that ends in a tie. You know, if this is actually an interesting stat, if a team had tied every game, they would come in eight and eight, so they'd be a middle of the road team. So it'd be like the. Because there's 16 games in a season. Well, yeah. Half and half, half a win, half a loss. It would literally be an eight and eight equivalent. So you would be like the most mediocre team in the history. Yeah, ever. you you technically would be o o and sixteen. Yeah. So I mean, I, I want to see that happen sometime in my lifetime. I, I think see a you got a better chance goes. of making a perfect bracket. In I, I, I think you do. do. I think you do. But, Saying that, but um. Kansas City came out like gangbusters. I mean, no real big surprise there. I was happy. I had yeah. Patrick Mahomes as my fantasy quarterback. Cleveland did not do well. Oh, yeah. We got to talk about Cleveland. That's they got all the hype in the offseason. Oh, yeah. Baker Mayfield. <laughs> oh, Odell no. Beckham. Jarvis yeah. Landry. And Nick Cameron. Chubb. 
Kareem Hunt coming back after week eight. Flopped. Lost by 30 at home to the Tennessee Titans. That is rough for the Cleveland Browns. What was it? 15 penalties? They set a record. They did. Since like 1985. That was was embarrassing for Cleveland. I mean, they have to look at that and reevaluate some things, especially Mm -hmm. on their offense. But, I mean, it's an an interesting... it's going to be an interesting season. I mean, there are some that you obviously knew. The Patriots, uh, you know, did mm-hmm. really well. But well, let's talk about Antonio Brown because this is the kicker. This, this, this is this, for everybody who's been watching this. This is how to ruin your life in less than two weeks. I think we, I think we gave, I, I might have gave an update last week. So Antonio Brown update in the last week. He was on the Raiders. Got released. By the Raiders. By the Raiders. And joined the Patriots. And what was it? Just yesterday, it it was announced that he was accused of sexual, sexual assault. assault. And yeah. rape. And rape. There, there, there was rape, too. Yeah. So, that that's how to ruin your... I mean, look... The, the Patriots receivers. You got Josh Gordon, the king of weed. Yeah. You got Edelman, the king of steroids. Yeah. And you got Antonio Brown, who... Is a rapist. Uh, yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. We don't know And yet. their owner is yeah. technically. And, yeah. 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 <laughs> so, they're uh, a prostitution ring. But, no, I mean, this is... Man, I mean, like... Okay, so this is one thing. I hate cocky players. Or, to a certain degree. He he is like Terrell Owens on steroids. He is a killer to teams. He's a, I ba- mean, he's a baby. He is a massive baby. He, oh, his he, helmet... He's exactly did, how... I will not raise my son in the future. Well, yeah, no. I mean, this it's like the most stereotypical diva receiver ever. Mm-hmm. Ever. I mean, Chad Ochocinco wasn't this bad. Chad Johnson or whatever. He used to call himself Ochocinco. But, mm-hmm. like, none of those guys. Michael Irving. I mean, Des Bryant. Des Bryant was nowhere close. Was nowhere close. I thought Des Bryant was bad. Was, yeah. I thought he was, like, definitely on the side of the fence of cockiness. But Yeah, but not, not even close. I mean, really, I when when you get released by him, you get up and run out your door. Yeah. I mean, like, come on, but just because your helmet didn't fit during training yeah, camp, yeah, you got the helmet. I mean, like, come on. I mean, you I don't got, know why. You got yelling at the GM. Yeah, I don't know why on earth. I mean, first off, he was good. He was good at Pittsburgh. Very good. He was very he good. He was at arguably Pittsburgh. the best wide receiver in the league for yeah. like two to three years. Yeah. But then. This happens. And, I mean, you, you get so wrapped up in your own hype that I think he just couldn't think clearly. And then you get all of this just piled on at once. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I, I understand. I, I get it. Fame does corrupt sometimes, but you wouldn't think it would be that bad. Yeah, it, it it's probably the worst I've ever seen. Watching sports. Yeah, no, I mean... I, I can't believe well, 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 out of why, all why coaches... Why do you think Bill Belichick would have picked him up? Why? I don't understand. No, that's that. what I was about to say. I can't believe out of all coaches that Bill Belichick is the one yeah. to pick him up. It's just, I mean, like, none of this makes sense. Like, absolutely none yeah. of it. But we'll see if he even plays. He, yeah. could, he could be in, like, jail. Yeah, no, he could be. He could be in jail soon, so... That's going to be interesting. That, that wraps up the uh, football segments yeah. of our show. We just gone from high school to NFL so we'll take a quick break and then we'll get to the part of the show where Blake kind of takes over with MLB talk there is MLB talk this week Uh, since Blake wasn't here last week I didn't do MLB because my knowledge of MLB is not that good don't worry about it and then we have Martin's Minutes so we'll take a break and then we'll come back with MLB and Martin's Minute all right Howdy, welcome back to the Nolan Company Sports Podcast Show. Just got done eating a honey bun yep. during the break and just got done talking college football and NFL. But like I said before, this is the part of the show where really Blake takes over with MLB Talk and Martin's Minute. So Blake, if you want to take it away and do a MLB. Definitely. So as we approach the postseason, there's really nobody who's clinched yet. We're getting close to uh, somebody who's clinched a playoff spot. The two best teams in the MLB right now are the New York Yankees as well as the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, The Yankees are currently atop the AL East uh, with a 95 win record and a 51 loss record. Um, The Dodgers right now are at 94 and 52. I take that back, actually. Uh, The Dodgers have clinched a playoff spot. 
Um, but the Yankees right now have the best record in baseball. Currently, they are eight games up uh, above the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, looking at the wild card spot, though, in the American League uh, overall, uh, the Rays are first spot in the wild card, followed by the Athletics. Um, the two other division leaders are the Astros and the Twins. The Astros are now tied with the Yankees for the best record in baseball. Uh, most recently, that's happened. Um, Really no surprise with the Twins here. Uh, they have been atop the AL Central for quite some time now. Uh, the um, the Indians right now, however, Cleveland, are only a half game back out of that wild card spot behind the Oakland A's, which is going to be interesting seeing how that shapes up. Um, in the National League, when we're looking at it, uh, the Dodgers are currently uh, going strong uh Obviously, in the uh, NL West, followed by the Braves and the Cardinals. Now, the Cardinals and the Cubs have been back and forth throughout the season, but most recently, the Cardinals have pulled away uh, over the past week and or week or week and a half, I believe. Um, in the wild card spot, the Nationals are in the first spot, followed by the Cubs, and only one game out are the Brewers. So, if the Cubs are looking for another NL Central rival that they should be worried about. It's definitely the Brewers, who made a run at the pennant last year. Um, Cubs obviously have a lot of great people, like Hayward, um, as well as Hugh Darvish, who's one of their pitchers, uh, Chris Bryant, uh, a whole lot of people. It's kind of a little bit surprising. Uh, the Dodgers, however, definitely are probably my pick when we're looking at a World Series right now. They have a lot of, uh, lots of talent on that team right now, but... Their biggest challenger, obviously, I'm going to say, is probably New York. Um, they have had just a been on fire with Judge, uh, Stanton. All those guys have really produced for the Yankees right now. The yeah. Astros, as well, have been in a good position. Could, with could the Dodgers become the uh, 90 version of the Bills and lose three straight World Series? That would be awful. We, we, so the Rangers used to be the Buffalo Bills of baseball, but... The Dodgers are kind of taking that title. If they go to three World Series and lose... hate to say lose, that, Nolan, but... Yeah. If they go to three World Series and lose, it's going to be bad. But it, it would be really interesting to see another Yankees-Dodgers matchup. The last time we had that was in 1981 when the Dodgers beat the Yankees. But you have, just all the way back throughout the years, you had great rivalries. I mean, you go back even to the, you know, 50s. With, you know, when they were in Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Dodgers, you had uh, Jackie Robinson and Yogi Berra, that play at the plate. And then you have, uh, you know, just throughout that, throughout the uh, 70s, you had Reggie Jackson, Mr. October for the Yankees. Um, but both of these teams, if they got back in the World Series, it would be one of those classic rivalries, the classic matchups that we see throughout sports, like the Celtics and the Lakers, or the Cowboys versus the Steelers. I mean... It's one of those games that you really look at and say, this is what this sport, you know, it's kind of all about. This is mm -hmm. what we see. But um, right now it's a little bit too early to tell. It's going to be interesting to see how the rest of the season shapes up real quick. Um, definitely look out for, um, I would say look out for, uh, Tampa Bay is going to be a really big wild card team that you're going to have to look, look at. The Rangers are pretty much out of it at this point. I believe they are eliminated from contention, which is unfortunate. But um, but at the same time, we'll see how they do next year. Uh, sadly, the last you know this is their last year at uh, Globe Life Park. But mm -hmm. anyways, uh, from that standpoint, if I'm going to make a prediction right now, I'm going to say it's going to be Yankees Dodgers. But the Astros could surprise me, and who knows? The Twins could come out of nowhere. I mean, they've had a good year. They haven't impressed me as much as the other ones. But postseason baseball is a completely different thing from regular season baseball. I mean, we talk about the postseason in a lot of different sports. Nobody knows what's going to happen with baseball. I mean, it's, it's almost like the NCAA tournament with March Madness. You really can't predict mm -hmm. an accurate winner a lot of times. You might know who wins, and may, maybe you have that strong team that makes it all the way. But... There's really no way to tell that there's one team that's going to come out on top. Two people so. would be very happy if that was a World Series. Ryan and Ryan and Nolan would love for that. Yeah, they would love it. But I hope I, I hope the Dodgers beat the Yankees, dude. I could not stand another Yankees. It would be like Texas winning another national championship. That's how annoying it would be. Yeah. But 
Anyway, that's a little bit of a MLB recap. We will go um, over. Um, we will go over it some more once we uh, next week rolls around. Um, other than that, other that, than that brings us to is the it, is almost. It, conclu- it is. It, it is, is time. The conclusion of the show, which is always ended by the famous everyone's favorite segment, Martin's Minute. Yep. Well, so today I will be talking about. We discussed this right. before a little bit about things that we dislike. Is on campus, all of the fraternities and organizations who constantly scream at me while I walk to class and shame me for right. not joining. Well, I haven't started the clock yet. I haven't started the clock yet. Okay, well. All right, all right. Three, three two, two, one. one. Are you a college student? Do you ever walk around campus and constantly be bombarded by these either girls or guys in these really like weird like wife beater shirts as well as like look like they look like they're going to the beach? Well, you might be bombarded with super like fraternity like syndrome where they come at you and they're like, oh, will you join this? Will you? First off, I'm wearing a cadet uniform, so it's like I'm already busy as it is. But it's like, oh, let me put you like in more stress. Besides just school, besides just that, you know, I'm just gonna drink my entire life away. Forget about grades. Forget <laughs> about other important stuff. I'm gonna hang out and rent a friend for like three or four years and just be a complete and total tool. That sounds like fun. Okay, I'm not saying that all fraternities are cool. I have friends who are bucks and other stuff but at the same time don't be so pushy if i want to join a fraternity i will come to you you don't have to be out there every single day and do this i don't understand why that is the all the time that we have and i wish this could go on because i would love to hear more because I gotta have my own problem with that. I could have my yeah, own. No, I, I could have Mason's They're minute everywhere. About I don't mind them advertising, but it's like every time I walk, every time on I campus, walk from I the them. MSC to that to Evans or the academic building, they there's like they're just coming up, up to, them. and they always ask. What the problem I have? Are you a freshman? Are you it's a like, freshman? No, I'm not a freshman. I know I have a baby face. You don't have to remind me that I Hell. do. Uh, anyway. Well, that is all the time we have for the show today. Um, please check us out as we go to some games on this Friday, as well as check out Nolan's uh, Nolan's games that he'll be going through this week. We have a lot of important uh, high school football news that is coming. Um, but follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at either Company Nolan or Nolan Company. You can keep updated with any news that we have uh, going on there, as well. Visit our website at nolancosports.com. We have a bunch of news coming up. Mason's published articles. Nolan's published articles. Mm. I need to start publishing more articles. You're, um, you're, you're doing the article this weekend. I will for, be doing the article Huntsville for Huntsville College But um, definitely check us out on those uh, platforms. Uh, follow me at Real Blake Martin. Follow him at Mason, Mason Pruitt, Pruitt 10. 10. Follow all, all Nolan. Case. Follow Nolan at Real Nolan Ruth. We will keep you updated throughout the weekend as Nolan goes through uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and as we cover that Friday game for you. Um, but again, we wish you a very happy Wednesday. Uh, remember, it is September 11th. Uh, give those around you a hug, mm-hmm. and as well, appreciate the freedom that we have today, and remember those who we lost on this and day. Say, say a quick prayer tonight before you go to bed for all of those who lost their lives. Absolutely. 18 years ago. Definitely. But... That's all the time we have for today. Uh, We wish you a great rest of our week. We'll be back next week, and we will keep you updated throughout the weekend. But as for us, this will do it from Wednesday from College Station, Texas. This is the Nolan & Company Sports Podcast.